From the Berkshires to the Sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 83. Rob Parker. Welcome into another edition of Inside the Parker. I'm your host, Rob Parker. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the uh, labor situation, of course. We'll also talk with David Vassay. He covers the Dodgers. And also, I'll take you to the studios of MLB Network, where me and Christopher Mad Dog Russo got into it. We'll do that and much more. Let's go. Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. Keep the faith, baseball fans. I know the clock is ticking. The Super Bowl is coming. And there's still no collective bargaining agreement between the uh, Major League owners and the players. And spring training is supposed to start. And pitchers and catchers should be showing up in a couple of weeks. And it doesn't sound like a deal is imminent. And uh, at, at one point, it felt like Things were moving in the right direction, and then all of a sudden, uh, not so much. So the two sides are still talking, which is good. The uh, union responded to Major League Baseball in the latest CBA meeting, so that's good. It's not like they walked away and said that they can't do anything, um, but there was a, a counter proposal. So there's stuff, still stuff on the table, and uh, it has to do with Mostly, of course, how to how to divvy up the money and make sure that teams aren't tanking, not paying veteran players, just going with young kids. And then, you know, how to compensate guys who play above their salaries. And, you know, because of the old CBA, they don't get paid. And a perfect example uh, would have been Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who was, you know, a runner-up for the American League MVP, and he only made $635,000 last year. And the proposal by the union, he would have been able to make $1.843 million because of his uh, season and his star potential and what he was able to offer to the team. So they're trying to figure things out like that. Um, The union uh, is receptive to, to, you know, to also working with the uh, owners and trying to figure out playoffs and other things that are also on the table. So there's still work to be done. Some things have gotten hammered out. I'm being optimistic. We have never lost regular season games when there's been a lockout. When there's been strikes, yes, but not a lockout. So I'm going to hold firm. And remember, before the 2020 season, it looked like the two sides couldn't get together and there was a chance that we wouldn't even have a season then. And guess what? It happened. It was a 60-game season, but they figured it out. I believe we'll get something done and we'll have a regular season, a full 162 games. Number two, the baseball writers have spoken. The Hall of Fame has one new player, and that is David Ortiz, Big Poppy from the Boston Red Sox. He was the lone player who received 75% of the vote. 
to get his trip and ticket punch to Cooperstown, New York. And uh, the big news, of course, in that was that Bonds and Clemens on their final years of eligibility to be voted in by the writers. That's right. Ten years on the ballot. They did not make it. They were around 65 percent, 64 percent, somewhere around there. And they needed 75. Very, very disappointed. I did vote for Bonds. I did vote for Clemens. And um, I think we got it wrong. I think the writers got it wrong. Generally, I'm the biggest BBWAA uh, fan. I think that the writers, and we normally get it right, I thought in the final year after what writers might have perceived as punishing those two guys, that they would finally vote them in and the hall wouldn't be complete with arguably the best hitter and arguably the best pitcher uh, who's played the game. And those guys did not get in. And I think there's a disconnect between writers, the Hall of Fame, and the fans. We're trying to tell fans that what happened during the steroid era didn't happen. We want to erase Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, but those two guys actually saved baseball. Fans aren't nearly as harsh as we are when we talk about the game, the Hall of Fame, and what they enjoy. It's the same thing about Bonds and Clemens. You can't ask fans to erase what those guys did and act like it didn't happen. I don't think that that's realistic. And no one is really thinking like, oh, these two guys were bums. They took the juice and they made it to the Hall of Fame. These guys, both of them were stars from the very beginning. They got into the major leagues. And that's why I'll still say the writers got it wrong on this one. And Bonds and Clemens without question, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Number three. Speaking of Hall of Fames, and there was a retirement in the National Football League. That's right. Tom Brady retired. And you're saying, why is Rob Parker talking about Tom Brady on his Inside the Parker All-Baseball podcast? Because it talks about the difference in how people see Cheating in football, steroids, PEDs, the juice, and how people see it in baseball. Tom Brady is being, you know, hailed as the the all-time great, the GOAT, the greatest team athlete of all time, all these other things. And what's being left out is that he cheated and he got caught and suspended for four games for Deflategate. Don't forget, the Steeler, the, the uh, Patriots were also involved in Spygate, another cheating scandal, and yet it goes unchecked in the NFL. People don't even act as if it matters. Tom Brady will easily skate into the Hall of Fame. I don't think anybody will not vote for him because he cheated. And think about the difference between the way Bonds and Clemens are treated compared to Brady. Brady was actually suspended by the league, busted, and Clemens and Bonds never were busted by the league, never tested positive, and never were suspended. How is that so? It doesn't make sense. Baseball is held to a higher standard. I get it. The Baseball Hall of Fame is by far better than the Pro Football Hall of Fame, better than the Basketball Hall of Fame. That's without question. And it's a tough place to get in, and it should be. But 
something, there's a disconnect here too where NFL writers seem to look the other way. And the NFL guys get busted on the juice all the time. They take their four-game suspension and get back to playing. And no one seems to be bothered. The fans, the writers, the owners, nobody. In baseball, it's like the death sentence. Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn. Oh, it's so good. Last week, I was at MLB Network Studios in Secaucus, New Jersey. Did a lot of the shows, including the big Hall of Fame show. But I got to mix it up on High Heat with Christopher Russo. Yes, Mad Dog and I went at it. He wanted to go over my Hall of Fame ballot, which included four players and uh, not Big Poppy as one of them. And yes, there was a pushback. And yes, it was fun. Take a listen. Bob Parker gets it, so we'll have some laughs here. Uh, we'll fight him on this Hall of Fame ballot, which is a weird one, but he says hello. Rob, good afternoon. Here is his ballot, by the way. Sosa, Clemens, Sheffield, Bonds, and Ramirez is his fifth, and he joins us right. Oh, he did not vote for Ramirez. All right, he's out. Those four, Bonds, Clemens. Hello, Robbie. What's happening, Mad Dog? How are you? All right, well, let's have some fun here. First off, if you're going to go all steroids, why? Because Manny got suspended four times. How come not him, too? Yes, Manny's been suspended. And after baseball put into effect um, the testing and whatnot. So once you do that and you have official uh, positive test to me, that's when I can uh, X you off the ballot. That's why he didn't get my vote. And he was a great hitter. He was a, a tremendous hitter. But I think he X'd himself out with the positive test after the fact. Uh, how come Ortiz isn't on the ballot? And Ortiz, you know the problem I have? David Ortiz, well, and I'm with you, okay? His name was linked to the steroid use, and I know there's all this stuff, hey, it was a false positive and whatnot, which I'm not buying into as well. And everybody loves David Ortiz, but let's be honest. He might be the poster child for guys who were scuffling, who weren't that great, who maybe used the stuff to get better. Because Mad Dog, he was released by the twins. Why? He had yes, no he pop. Yeah. He got released, and yeah. then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he turned into this unbelievable hitter. And so that's my argument against David Ortiz. And when you look at Bonds or Clemens, especially, those guys were good from day one. Barry Bonds won three MVPs. Forget the seven. Most guys would love to have three MVPs in their career. Roger Clemens, go look at the videotape when he was in Boston, skinny, striking out 22 Tigers. He won three Cy Youngs. That guy was already from day one Hall of Fame trajectory, both of those guys. That's why they get my uh, vote. Let's do that. I, I get it. They were a Hall of Fame, full of Hall of Famers, part of the steroid stuff in 98. But listen, you're either for the steroid guy or you're not the steroid guy. I'm not this idea that we're going to split the baby in half and try to figure out when they did steroids, when they didn't do steroids. The bottom line is you and I both know that artificial enhancement for baseball players is not fair. It's not an equal playing field, and it's not the right thing to do for the sport and anything else. Ask Henry Aaron if we could. Ask Roger Maris if we could. It's not 
not the right thing to do, yet you are comfortable with splitting that baby in half and giving Bonds and Clemens, those two specifically, your vote. Let's discuss that. Yeah, well, well, here's the other part of it. I think sometimes people get caught up, and, and, I, and I understand what you're saying. Now, if you told me that you tested all the players during that era and Bonds and Clemens were the only two that tested positive, then I would be in your camp. The reality, though, Mad Dog, you know that it was widespread. There were way more players who were using it. And on most nights, I guarantee you Bonds was facing a pitcher who was on juice as well. Or Clemens was facing hitters who was on the juice as well. It was an equal playing field. There were way more than the handful of guys you guys want to say, oh, no, don't let them in. We already have steroid guys in the Hall of Fame, all right, or guys who were suspected. How did Pudge Rodriguez get in on the first ballot? He was in the Conseco book. Right? He was in the Conseco yeah, book. Joked. And I was in Detroit the year after that all came out and he lost 40 pounds. You remember that yeah, mad joke. dog? He totally no, changed sure his, his body. Uh, Bagwell was, was rumored. Mike Piazza was rumored. Those guys are all in yep. the Hall of Fame, so I can't do that. I can't look at Bonds and Clemens and hold them accountable because they were so great. Uh, and, 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 and blossom even better as stars once they potentially use the juice. Two wrongs don't make a right would be my argument there. And I really agree, uh, especially with Pudge, who came as came back to spring training as a thin man. I generally agree with you, but two wrongs don't make a right. Because you got guys that you think did steroids that are in the Hall of Fame, why put two more in or three more in, if it's Sheffield too, that did steroids that you know they did that are also in the Hall of Fame? Why see, make it worse? But how, see, how it's not making it worse. The same thing with Sheffield. Sheffield was a star from day one. I know he was linked yeah, he was with Ben. Right he was. This, this guy was rookie of the year. Gary Sheffield was an unbelievable 509 career home runs. He had more, more walks than strikeouts. He was one of the most feared hitters. And to just say, Hit oh him. yeah, uh, he's linked to it. He shouldn't, he shouldn't get the accolades. And what I do have uh, uh, Mad Dog is the idea that I have a couple of magic numbers. If you get 500 career home runs, if you get 300 wins, if you get 3,000 hits, you automatically get my vote. And that's the way I look at Sheffield and I look at Sosa. I think it's unfair to pick out a handful of guys and put it all on them. How come we're not asking the Yankees and the Red Sox to turn their World Series trophies in? How come we let Joe Torre and, and uh, Tony La Russa get in the Hall of Fame when they were benefited by these guys who you're trying to shun? It ain't right, and it shouldn't be just the players taking the brunt of this. That's, you know, it's not, I disagree with it, but I understand where you're coming from. There is some truth to that. The Yankees, in a lot of cases, were a pharmacy in the, in the late night. Giambi, go on and on and on. We're a pharmacy. Uh, and as you wrote, uh, you know, Clemens, Pettit, I mean, you go on and on. 100%. There are some arguments there. I still, I got to be fair about it. If you did steroids, you're not in the Hall of Fame. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new. 
Now let's welcome in David Vasse. He covers the Dodgers for AM570 LA Sports, the home of the Dodgers on the radio. And Dave, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Rob. Uh, really honored that you would ask me on the podcast because I know uh, you don't want anybody on the fence. So uh, I'm not on the fence. I love what you do. I love what you stand for and happy to be on the podcast. My man, let's let's start with the lockout. I mean, it looked like there was some movement. Maybe we we're going to get something to happen. Then maybe a little, you know, went off the rails a little bit. The uh, um, the players have come back. What are you what are you gauging? What are you hearing, Dave? Well, number one, Rob, I've talked to players that were on the players committee and very connected to that 94-95 lockout. And they told me, no offense, Rob, that the writers are always the last to know, no matter what you're reading as far as blow by blow and whoever you think is really plugged in, they're not as plugged in as you may believe because they're not in the room. They're, right. they're getting second and third hand information. So it's not a coincidence, Rob, that on Twitter, you see four or five different writers tweet the exact same narrative at the same time within two minutes of each other. So they're obviously getting the same information from the same source and they all have an agenda when, when they give information out on negotiation. So I would say that February 1st was a deadline as far as what I was told that if no deal was done, spring training would be delayed. So that has come and gone. Spring training will be delayed. And the next big date on the calendar is March 1st. If there's no deal struck by March 1st, opening day will be delayed. Make no mistake about it. That's fair. That sounds like uh, the right timeline. They still have time, obviously, to get it done. We've never missed uh, any regular season time on on lockouts, but uh, player strikes, absolutely. So this will be interesting. You remember in 2020 uh, about the 60-game season. It didn't look like it was going to happen. You remember – uh, it went down to the wire, and it finally did happen. So I'm going to be optimistic. Let's go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I did the Hall of Fame show on the MLB Network. Uh, you know, Big Poppy got in. It was the last year for, of course, Clemens and Bonds. They did not get in. What did you make of the vote, and were you satisfied with it? Did, did, I thought the writers got it wrong, but I'd love to hear your take. Yeah, I I agree, Rob. I feel like they got it wrong, where not only had they got it wrong this year, but they've got it wrong in years past when some of these writers are trying to be very sanctimonious and have a clear conscience of their voting and who they vote for. The fact is, Yvonne Rodriguez, Mike Piazza, Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio have all been elected to the Hall of Fame, and they all have had, some more than others, a cloud of suspicion on whether or not they use PEDs during their career. So you already opened the gate for those guys to be in. And when you talk about even playing field, there were more than just Bonds and Clemens using PEDs during that era. So when they want to talk about even playing field as well, it makes it doesn't add up. It's very contradictory. And when you talk about Big Poppy, they all want to find some absolution for him failing that drug test in 2003. I don't care if it was supposed to be public or not public. Uh, he still failed it. And 
And their reasoning that they voted for him was that he never failed another drug test the rest of his career. Well, <laughs> Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens never failed a drug test while they were playing either. So it just doesn't add up, Rob, and they're making it a lot more complicated than it has to be over some museum in baseball. I, I, I'm with you. And the other thing, too, uh, and, and you bring up the big poppy to me, he's, he more than anybody would be the poster child for somebody who got a boost from the Jews. And I mean, he didn't start off his career as a star from day one when you think about Bonds and Clemens and guys like that who were good from the very beginning. He was released by the Twins, Dave. I mean, that's a fact. Because what? He didn't have power. You're the only one that has said that. You are the only one that has brought that point up, that he was released by the Twins. And don't you think that maybe he got a little bit desperate to resurrect his career? Right. That's what I'm saying. There's a real possibility that he could be that guy who got the boost and then his career took off after that. I mean, we it's all speculation. We don't know. But I'm with you. There was a level playing field because so many people were either experimenting with it or doing it, you know, during that time. We don't know. If we had a test, Dave, and only Bonds and Clemens came back positive, then, we, then it would be easy, right? But we know it was a bigger net than that and more people involved. Last thing, Dave, and we're talking to David Vasse, who covers the Dodgers for AM570 LA Sports in Los Angeles. Um, Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers. I know he's kind of off the radar, didn't get to play after all the allegations and things went on last year. Uh, what is the future? It, will he ever play for the Dodgers again? And it just has gone, you know, deathly silent. Nobody really knows what's the latest on him. Yeah, I don't believe you'll ever see him pitch in a Dodger uniform again. I do believe that he'll pitch in Major League Baseball again. When that happens, I don't know. Um, I've tried through many different avenues to try to get some answer out of the L.A. District Attorney's Office on whether or not they plan to proceed with criminal charges against him or decide there's not enough evidence to do so. And there has been no word on that. And there is no correlation between baseball's labor issues and whether or not a district attorney's office want to press criminal charges. And they've had ample time to decide that. And I don't know where it's going because nobody's talking on the record or even off the record regarding it. Uh, but regardless, Major League Baseball wants to see where what they do, what they decide to do. And they have to wait to see what happens as far as the criminal charges before they make a decision on the length of suspension and make no mistake about it. He will be suspended. Um, but whether or not criminal charges are pressed are going to determine the length of that suspension. So they're in a holding pattern until they see what George Gascon's department does in LA. All right. His name, David Vassay. Thanks for the knowledge, Dave. Thanks for the insight. Always a, always a pleasure, my man. Thank you. Hey, Rob, keep this in mind as we get into Super Bowl week. This is yes. the Trevor Bauer Super Bowl, Cincinnati and Los Angeles. That's right. Very good. You're 100% <laughs> right. Didn't even think about it that way. All right, Dave, appreciate you. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker.
out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.